I know when I'm in fear, um, I just cause so much damage to everyone around me. Um, I know that, like I've seen that, and that's the thing, you know, in recovery is that I have this track record that I can look back on. Welcome to Stories of Recovery, a MAR Recovery Resources production for MAR Addiction Treatment Centers here in Atlanta. I'm your host, Matt Shedd. Michelle H. participated in Stories of Recovery about four years ago in episode 45. At the time, she had just gotten her nurse's license back and was getting her feet underneath her again. Since then, she's gone through some major changes, including an amicable divorce. Throughout that experience, she was able to use the principles of recovery to create harmony, welcoming her children's new stepmother into the family. She also now serves on the Mars staff as a full-time nurse. She discusses what it's like to be on the other side of treatment and the joy she feels as being one of the first staff members that clients interact with when they check into Mar. All right, here's my conversation with Michelle. So when you're on the podcast the first time, You've been sober two years and you just gotten your nurse's license back. Mm-hmm. Kind of what else was going on right. in your life at the time? I was um, separated um, and going through a very amicable um, divorce um, and really, you know, things were going very well um, at the um, time when my ex-husband had started dating a new woman and I was obviously very afraid having four kids and having a new woman come into our lives. Um, and I talked to my sponsor at the time and I was just in a lot of fear. Um, can you tell us specifically what the fears were? Right. Um, so I was scared, um, of having someone else, um, be a motherly figure to Mm. my children. Um, I was very protective of them. I'm still very protective of them. Um, And it was just the unknown, like, who was this person? Um, And in talking to my sponsor, something that she brought up was that this was a way that I could make amends for the harm that I caused um, in my marriage. Um, And so the amends that I made was to immediately accept this woman um, and push past that fear. Um, And that's one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, it's probably the most important amends I've ever made, um, because she is a wonderful, wonderful woman, um, and has become one of my closest friends. Um, she's so important in my life. Um, and had I let that fear control me and not done what the program teaches me, I would have missed out on all of that. My kids could have missed out on all of this. Wow. What a moving story. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. When I asked you to come do this, I had no idea (laughs) that that was part of the, you know, that's really powerful. So it sounds like it's all, it's been pretty smooth then with that. It has been um, more smooth than I ever could have imagined. Um, My kids have two homes where they have loving mothers. I have a friend that I never thought (laughs) that I could possibly have. Um, She has been a support for me. She's been a cheerleader and an encourager encourager for me in my recovery. Um, That relationship is one of the most important in my life. Oh, man. That's amazing. I'm very, very grateful. 
And that's one of the things that is so wonderful is that we realized that while we weren't compatible, we had all the same values for our children. Um, we were on the same page with everything when it came to our children. Um, and so that has made our relationship and our kids' lives so much better because we didn't have this fight over what to do with the kids. We had somebody helping us figure out how we were going to navigate that. It's so, I don't want to put words in your mouth and I don't think I necessarily am because it sounds like you're kind of saying this, but it almost sounds like it's better in oh, a way. Yeah, <laughs> so much better. <laughs> Having um, this third person yeah. to help because four kids is a lot. Yeah. And three of my boys play baseball. Uh, they play travel baseball. Mm. Um, and one of the coolest things is um, my kid's stepmom also has kids. And when we were at the ballpark, a lot of the other parents don't know whose kids are who oh. because her kids are so important to me. Oh, wow. Um, and we kind of divide and conquer. <laughs> we have to because a lot of times we're going in so many different directions. Um, and so it's really just um, everyone is happier. <laughs> everyone is happier. Oh, that's amazing. So walk us through that, like, you know, I know you said you talked to your sponsor. I mean, how do you get through the steps of that? Because I think what's powerful to, you know, about recovery community is like we learn from other people's stories. Mm -hmm. It's a storytelling kind of tradition or community that we have where we, we pass along. So like you have all this fear, your sponsor says, okay, I think it might be a good way for you to make amends if you... So then what's the next step? Is it call a lot of people in your network? Is it pray about it? Is it? There was a lot of prayer and there was a lot of journaling. Um, I think one of the things that's beautiful about the steps um, is addressing what are these fears? Because <laughs> it seems so big at the time. And then um, writing it down and going, it, going over it with someone. Um, kind of helps bring it down to the nitty gritty. And a lot of times it's not about her. It's about me. <laughs> it's about my own insecurities. It's about my own fears and working through those. Um, so I don't take them out on the people around me. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things I love most about the steps is like, what is my part? What is my next right thing? Um, not looking outward and trying to control the people in my life. And I think the fear that I realized or the... Um, the thing in me was that I wanted to be the only woman in my kids' lives forever. Um, and realizing how selfish that was, that I would want to be the only one, that I wouldn't allow them to have relationship with other people. Um, and that part's on me. That has nothing to do with this other, <laughs> with this wonderful woman. That has nothing to do with her. That has to do with me um, and relinquishing that control um, cause I think at the heart of most of my issues is that desire to control every factor. Yeah. And it's like going through it, like methodically, it's like, you can have some compassion for yourself too, of right, like, of, of course, course like, <laughs> yeah. of course that's threatening. Yeah. And like, you have been the only one and you have, you know, right. uh, the only woman in their lives. And it's like, 
Oh yeah. So it's like, it's very human, you oh, know, of course. to of feel course. that. And then, but at the same time you get to see the way you just described it was so beautiful because you get to see like, okay, well that can't be the case forever. And so I need to kind of accept that or else I'm going to project all this fear onto this person and be right. like, make them the villain. And right. like, they're coming in and it like, <laughs> yeah, like they're taking something. From right, me. <laughs> right, right. When really it might just be more like life's just, you know, flowing on, you know, right. like things are right. kind of taking their natural course and right. your role might be shifting a little bit or, you know, it's interesting to think about playing that tape a different way. Had you not mm-hmm. gone oh, yeah. back to the steps <laughs> really bad. I know when I'm in fear, um, I just cause so much damage to everyone around me. Um, I know that, like I've seen that and that's the thing, you know, in recovery is that I have this track record that I can look back on and I say, when I acted out of fear, what did that look like? Mm -hmm. Um, it looks like me not being kind to the people around me. Um, that looks like in this situation, um, butting heads with. Um, my ex-husband, that looks like um, me trying to tell my kids how to feel about this woman. Like, that's the thing that, like, (laughs) I can't imagine having done that because the minute they met this woman, um, I had to say, like, I'm so excited. You know, I'm so excited for for you to get to know her. Mm -hmm. Um, Anytime they told me something cool or neat that they had learned about her, I got to be a cheerleader in that area, you know, um, instead of planting those seeds of negativity in their minds. Um, because in my own nature, that's the way that I would have acted. Um, but with a program and with people, um, like my sponsor and my friends in recovery, um, I don't have to act that way today. Um, and life is a lot better when I take suggestions and do the work. What was the date on that in terms of her coming into your life? So like we were, we were talking in November. It was probably almost exactly a year after that. Gotcha. Um, And then they got married that April. Okay. Following that. So they got married in April of 2021. 21. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's another big thing that happened in your life. Oh, yeah. Which is, you started working here, right? Um, (laughs) And when was that? So, got to back up a little bit, because the story of how I got here, it's pretty remarkable. Uh Um, And so, there had been some seeds planted that they might be needing a nurse here. um, And, you know, it was just kind of this, I don't know, you know, what would that look like? Um, And so, one Saturday night... um, one of my friends said, hey, let's go to a meeting we've never been to before. And so I'm like, okay, so we go to one not even in the area we live in. And it just so happened that that night, um, Matt Irwin, who works here at Mar, was telling his story at that meeting. And Matt's someone I've known for a long time. Um, But in his story, he talked about what it has meant to him to have gone to Mar and now work here. And immediately after I charged up to the front of the room and told him, I said, okay, I want to work at Mar. What do we do? It wasn't a month later that I was working here. Oh, wow. So when, when was that? So that was 
in December of 2021. And I started working here in January of 2022. So now you've been here a year and year and a half? Yeah, a little about? over a year and a half. Okay. Uh -huh. So was what he said true? Has it been yeah. as great as he Absolutely. Said? Yeah, I think um, the thing that stands out to me the most about working here um, is... I know what the people who worked at Mar, I know what they meant in my life while I was here. I didn't know all the background of what went into that. Um, and so being able to see that process and then be a part of that process is the most rewarding job I've ever had by far. What do you mean by all the background that went into it? Um, I think the thing that stood out to me the, at first was the, like, at MR we have these interdisciplinary kind of meetings where the family counselors and the medical team, the therapists, um, the residential managers, um, all get together and say, like, how, how can we do what's best for this client? And I didn't know that all that was going on in the background. I thought they were just magicians who knew exactly <laughs> what to do for me at any given moment. Um, I still think some of these people are magicians. Right. But um, I didn't know all of that was going on in the background. Um, and so to see the, the way that all of these different um, aspects of treatment work together to do what's best for each individual client... Um, it's not just like this is a blanket. This is what we do. Um, every client is different and their needs are different. Um, and me being a nurse, um, a lot of them have medical needs that are different um, from other clients. And I wasn't I'm not on an island. You know, I can go to other uh, members of staff and say, like, this is what we need to do. How do we do that best? Because I am not a therapist. <laughs> I, am, I am not that. Um, but I do have the recovery experience. Um, and so being able to go to these other staff members who I respect and trust and say, how do we do this best thing for the client? And you're one of their first people they see. Yeah. So when clients come, they come to me first to medically clear them. Um, and that's another part that I love about my job. Um because when I was a client, I remember what that day felt like. And I can tell them, <laughs> I know what this day feels like. Um, it's the worst day that turns into the best day. <laughs> um, I know how sick I was physically. I did not feel good when I got here. Um, and I can tell them that, you know, like, I know you feel like crap. <laughs> and that's okay. That's kind of how you're supposed to feel. Um, but it does get better. Um, and so I get to see how physically, um, what the toll of drugs and alcohol have been in their life. Like I get to see what that does to their body and their mind. Um, and then I get to watch every day as those things resolve. I get to see, um, their physical symptoms go away. Um, I get to see the light come back on in their eyes. Um, one of my favorite things is I see the color come back into their faces. And when I see it, I always 
tell them, you know, I always tell them like the lights are back on, like you have color in your face, <laughs> like things, I told you it was going to get better and they are. Um, because I think especially for, I remember in early recovery, the people around me saw changes a lot quicker than I did. I still felt like <laughs> the girl who was really sick. Um, and it was important for me to hear from those people, like you look better. <laughs> Um, and it wasn't necessarily like a physical thing. It's just like, there's a, a glow that happens, um, the longer people stay sober. Thinking about you being medical staff here, what's that like compared to, you said pretty definitively, it's the, it's the best job you've ever had. Yeah. What is it feel like? What's, what's it like comparing it to working in labor and delivery or the other types of nursing jobs that you've had? Like, how is it different from that? Um, well, first of all, the job I had before I came here um, was at a surgery center. And um, I saw the, the patients come in, and then I never saw them again. Like, that was it. That was the end of our journey after two hours. Um and that's how it is with most nursing jobs. You know, I get to see them for this minute, you know, this 12 hours, this two hours, whatever that is. Um, I don't get to see the rest of the story. Um, and here, of course, I don't see the entire story. You know, I can't possibly. Um, but I have alumni that come back, you know, after a really long time. Um I have people that I, you know, keep in touch with um, from the Women's Center, you know, like not only do I get to see their story, but I get to be like a part of their story. Um, and that's, it's a miracle. Like every single story is a miracle. And the fact that I get to play a part in it and, and continue to see it, there's no other job where I would have that experience. Yeah. It's it's pretty special when you put it like that, because I think about some of the nurses that have been important in my life, like when my daughter was born and it's like it was they were so great. And I'll always remember them, but they won't ever see us again, probably. Right, right. <laughs> they don't get to see that yeah. baby, you know, yeah. up in here. Like I get I, I get to see my babies. Yeah. Here. Like I get to see them grow and mature and like. I talked to an alumni who I had had here recently and he was talking about how he was sponsoring people. And mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like not only do I get to be a part of your story, but now your story is being a part of the next and the next and the next, like it's, it is such a miracle. Yeah. Really that's yeah. That's great. You, in our um, last conversation, I asked you at the end what you would pass on to someone it was something along the lines of just get, get into treatment. Like, don't worry about your career. Don't worry about, you know, yeah. just get here. Yeah. Um, now, I guess I want to ask you a similar question, mm -hmm. but rather than gearing the answer towards people that are thinking about getting into recovery that are still using, what would you say to someone who's, you know, early in recovery, earlier than you are, like, you know, in their first year or two years about this next phase of recovery? Um, find your people. Find your people. Um, I do, like I said, groups here with the guys, and we always play, at least for a little while, some sort of game. 
and they think it's stupid. And one of the things in early recovery that kept me coming around was a group of friends that I played games with. We didn't talk about recovery stuff. <laughs> we didn't do any of that, but we connected. And that kept me coming around long enough so that the rest of it, rest of it could sink in. And I think that so ties in with the MART model of recovery, that community model. Um, and that can be replicated, you know, in other ways. But find your people. Be honest with your people. Because it's that fellowship, um, those relationships that we build. Those are the things that have sustained me. I, you know, like I've shared about several things in my life in recovery, it's the people. Mm. Like it is the people. Um, it's my sponsor who guides me to make better choices. Um, it's my friends who worked here at Mar who brought me to this job. Those connections, those people are what sustains me to do what I do here. All right, that's it for this episode of Stories of Recovery. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Matt Shedd. Our executive producer is David Tate. If you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at marinc.org. That's podcast at M-A-R-R-I-N-C dot O-R-G. We'd love to hear from you. All right, thanks for joining us, and we're already looking forward to next time.